Good morning. So here we are at another turning of the seasons. I don't know if you guys can feel it, but the days are getting longer. The sun's getting higher in the sky. And even though, you know, those of us who have lived here for a while or perhaps a long time know that there's still plenty of winter left, it just sort of feels, to me anyway, I sort of feel it in my bones, that winter has sort of loosened its grip on us just a little bit. I think that we can sense this um, prior to actually experiencing spring, which will come. We have this sense of, it's so wonderful to live in Jackson because we have such dramatic differences in our seasons, right? I really am grateful for that, and I really love that because the earth axis is tilted and the earth is spinning on its axis and we're going around the sun in a big lazy circle that takes a year. We have the miracle of these seasons, and I think that we especially feel it here. I know I do. And I'm grateful for that. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to live in a place where we didn't have these big changes. And, you know, I remember when, after Jimmy had been here for a little while, I remember him saying to me, wow, everything in Jackson is just so exaggerated, right? The seasons the, the vistas that we have, the environment that we live in, I like to think of it, I mean, exaggerated is one way of thinking about it. I like to think about it in terms of being really dramatic, right? Take a drive north of town after church today and get up to the top of the Elk Refuge Hill and see if your socks aren't knocked off by the view that you have up there. Mine are almost every time I drive up there, every time I'm paying attention anyway. We have this line in our Wyoming Eucharistic prayer, which we use here on special Sundays. We pray it every Sunday at the Chapel of the Transfiguration in the park in the summertime. But it, the line that I just love is, we live our lives in broad circles of time. The seasons, right? Moving through the seasons. And we also, it doesn't say this in the prayer, but I think that in our lived experience, we also live our lives in a very linear fashion, right? We're born, we go through school, we mature, we grow up, we grow old, and we die, and it seems like there is this arrow of time that's either pulling us along or maybe pushing us along through the years. But this, these broad circles of time lend a rhythm to our lives that I think is a very beautiful thing. And on top of, so we have calendars, right? We have secular calendars that tell us where we're at in the course of the year. Um, Monday will be President's Day. Happy President's Day to all of you that 
don't have to work that day. But on, layered on top of our secular calendar is also this church year that we observe, right? It starts in Advent when we hear the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. Then we get Christmas with a baby born in a barn. Then we enter the season of Epiphany, which we are in the last Sunday of today. And Epiphany begins with the wise people coming to visit Mary and the baby Jesus. And then it works its way through to the last Sunday of Epiphany today. When we get this weird and wonderful reading this narration, this story of the transfiguration, right? So in this story, Jesus is the mountain guide. He's trudging up the mountain with his friends behind him, and they get up to the top of this mountain, and something happens. Something happens that is so Amazing! It knocks their socks clean off, and they end up on their faces on the ground after seeing Jesus transfigured for them, enlightened, brought to light, his face shining like the sun and his clothes a dazzling white. So these disciples that have made their way up to the top of the mountain with Jesus are given this amazing vision. They're given this powerful, powerful, mystical experience up there. I don't know about you, but I've always kind of wanted to have that kind of an experience. And I'm here to tell you that I haven't. And I tell you that because I'll bet there's some of you all out there who yearn for that kind of certainty, that kind of experience, hearing the voice of God very clearly telling you who you are and what you should do. Now, I said that at 8 o'clock when I preached this sermon, and two different people came up to me afterwards and said, I don't want that experience. <laughs> it sounds too terrifying, right? And I, I suppose it is. Nonetheless, I've always craved it, that mountaintop experience, and have never gotten it. I'll develop that thought a little bit more in a minute, but I've also been so fascinated by this whole idea and this whole experience that many, many people have had and who have testified to. Uh, Peter testified to it uh, in, in the New Testament reading today, told about the experience that they had had on the mountaintop. Um, the prophets, the Hebrew prophets, very clearly spoke about the visions that they had and the life-altering, life-changing 
nature of these visions. Whoever wrote the book of Revelation obviously had some visions too. But we have these, we have these accounts of what it's like to have that mountaintop mystical experience. And one of my favorite ones, um, anybody ever heard of Blaise Pascal? He was a mathematician and a scientist and an inventor in the 1600s. And Pascal had one of those mountaintop experiences that he never told anybody about but he was so moved by it that he wrote it down on a piece of paper and he sewed it inside of the, line, the lining of his coat so that it would always be with him. Um, so here's, here's what that piece of paper said. The year of grace, 1654. Monday, 23rd November, Feast of St. Clement, Pope and Martyr, and others in the Martyrology. Vigil of St. Chrysogonus, Martyr, and others. From about half past ten at night until about half past midnight, fire. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and of the learned, Certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace. God of Jesus Christ, my God and your God. Your God will be my God. Forgetfulness of the world and of everything except God. He is only found by the ways taught in the gospel. Grandeur of the human soul. Righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. Joy, 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 tears of joy. I have departed from him. They have forsaken me, the fount of living water. My God, will you leave me? Let me not be separated from him forever. This is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and the one that you sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I left him. I fled him. Renounced, crucified. Let me never be separated from him. He is only kept securely by the ways taught in the gospel. Renunciation, total and sweet. Complete submission to Jesus Christ and to my director. Eternally enjoy for a day's exercise on the earth. May I not forget your words. Amen. That must have been one heck of an experience. I think it's probably right up there with being on top of the mountain with Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples, hey, don't tell anybody about this, all right, until, until I'm dead and resurrected. Got a feeling they probably did. <laughs> too good to keep secret for too long. But I love it. It, it reminds me of Pascal 
sewing it inside of his jacket, right? He didn't publish it. He sewed it in there and kept it close to him in his heart, right next to his body. And I just love that. So, you know, (laughs) I'm a mystic who has never had the big mystical experience. And I bet there are some other people in this room that can relate to that. Now, when I said that at 8 o'clock, somebody in the back of the pews said, yet. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. I want it. May or may not get it. But I... Even if I never get that big epiphany, that mountaintop epiphany, I get little glimpses at times. And I get those glimpses when I'm paying attention. Now, the, the disciples that day, Pascal, could not, could not not pay attention. Their, their attention was grabbed, right? But I think for most of us, it's a discipline to pay attention to what is right in front of us, to what is going on in the world around us, because that's where God speaks to most of us mortals. Those small epiphanies, the smile of a child, the, your pet coming up to you in the morning and wagging her tail, a kind word said by a stranger, a kind word that you say to a stranger and see what happens. I've had a couple big epiphanies. They weren't those mountaintop experiences. They were both around birth and death. You know, I was in the room when my daughter was born. I was in the room when my mom died. And something very holy, something that very life-changing happened in both of those moments. But the ones that I'm most interested in right now are the little epiphanies that happen to us every day. It could be when your server brings you breakfast and you expect hash browns and instead you're given country potatoes. What happens in that moment? It could be when you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and at that moment, I'm speaking for myself and to myself here, (laughs) and at that moment you somehow manage to retain your composure. These are the glimpses that we get. These are the glimpses that if we're paying attention and don't ignore them, that these are where God is revealed to us in the world. As Jesus said to his disciples, listen to them. Amen.